Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. It tastes just like a candy bar. Go to builtbar.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 50% off your next order. Okay, Nico Dawes didn't have the best of outings against Vancouver Canucks, but can we fully place the blame onto his shoulders? New Jersey Devils unfortunately snapped their 12-game win streak against Vancouver Canucks, and they also assisted in helping extend uh, JT Miller's uh, point streak. And how can this affect the New Jersey Devils come the trade deadline, especially with them eyeing a couple players on Vancouver Canucks roster? Well, we have a lot to discuss in this episode. Buckle up. Your Locked On Devils, your daily podcast on the New Jersey Devils, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, this is Bryce Salvador, and you're Locked On Devils with Trey Matthews. Alrighty now, what is up, New Jersey? Welcome back to the Locked On Devils podcast here on the Locked On Network. I'm your host, Kyle Chalky, play-by-play announcer, and also Devils writer for Pucks and Pitchforks, Trey Matthews. And unfortunately, all good things come to an end. Sooner or later, the New Jersey Devils uh, had their 12-game win streak against the Vancouver Canucks snapped as the Canucks were able to beat the Devils by a score of 6-3. to Now, there's a lot to highlight from this game. We could talk about the poor goaltending. We could talk about some of the questionable moves by Lindy Ruff. We could talk about the overall uh, offensive or defensive execution. We could also talk about the poor special teams. We could talk about the trade deadline. But first and foremost, before we talk about any of that, let's talk about uh, some pre game notes. So Jonas Siegenthaler uh, tested positive for COVID. So he is going to be out for a couple games. So as you guys uh, remember, uh, the NHL has changed up its COVID procedure. So uh, if you are asymptomatic, uh, you don't have to get tested. If you've been in close proximity with someone, you only have to get tested if uh, you're showing symptoms. So reports were that Jonas Siegenthaler was about to take the ice for warmups, but he was prevented from doing so. So that's why uh, they didn't hold any other players back. So Jonas Siegenthaler, one of our most consistent defensemen, didn't play in this game. Uh, however, Nico Heizer, after missing a couple games, had made his triumphant return. And I, I think just losing Jonas Siegenthaler, that also could have uh, hurt us on the defensive side of things because despite him not providing much offense, he does provide a lot of defense. And here's another thing that I want to highlight, and this is an interesting fact, uh, courtesy of Amanda Stein. The only New Jersey Devil to have played in all 60 games so far is Dawson Mercer. So every other player has missed at least one game, whether it's an injury, COVID-related issue, healthy scratch, whatever the case might be. So Dawson Mercer is the only New Jersey Devil to have played in all 60 games so far. So knock on wood. So that means we have 22 games remaining in the regular season. So uh, like I said, Dawson Mercer, knock on wood, he might be the only Devil to uh, actually reach the A2 game mark without much issue, whether it's COVID, injury, healthy scratch, or you know what, what, whatever circumstance might uh, land in his way. So there's your pregame notes. Nico Heizer returned. Jonas Siegenthaler is out. And it's just one of those frustrating things that um, the Devils have continued to face with. I get it. It's been an issue throughout the entirety of the NHL. But like I said, when you lose one of your most consistent defensemen and, you know, the casual fan might not appreciate Siegenthaler's overall impact, but we certainly do. So when talking about the New Jersey Devils, Nico Dawes, he did not have a good game in net for uh, New Jersey. And quite honestly, guys, this was bound to happen. We've been overusing Dawes, and I'm not going to get on Lindy Ruff for that just because uh, I said on the show, we have no choice but to rely on Dawes. And I don't know about you guys, but I was just waiting for that one game where he doesn't have a good outing, and then there's no choice but to take him out the game. So he's just been 
performing very consistently in net for the New Jersey Devils. Uh, I talked about his overall statistics compared to Bernier and Blackwood and, you know, where Bernier and Blackwood stopped in their respective seasons. Nico Dawes has been putting up better numbers, but, uh, you know, obviously someone has to play in net for the Devils and someone has to make the stop sooner rather than later. And it just happened to be Nico Dawes. And then John Gillies came into the game and, um, you know, didn't really do much better because uh, John Gillies sometimes looks like a deer in headlights when he's trying to make saves. So when talking about Nico Dawes, you know, we could talk about some of the goals he let up. And I think the one issue that I had for Nico Dawes was just poor rebound control. So when the when Hunt scored the first goal of the game for the Vancouver Canucks, uh, it, it looked like that Nico Dawes had the puck in his sight. And they even said on the Vancouver Canucks uh, broadcast that Hunt did not have that best of angle and he just got lucky and it just went right past uh, uh, Nico Dawes and he just lost it. And then when we're looking at the second goal of the game scored by the Vancouver Canucks, it, it looked like that uh, Dawes had the, the puck and, it, and I think he thought he had the puck as well. But unfortunately, they were able to bat it on down and it just hit the back of the netting and it's 2 nothing Vancouver. So it's just one of those things things where you know Nico Dawes is young he's gonna make mistakes like that and I'm sure there's a few more goals that he would like back but at the end of the day it's just part of the learning curve for a young goalie like Dawes and like I said guys this was just bound to happen and John Gillies came into the game he saw 10 shots he was able to make eight saves but the two goals that he let up they were pretty ugly and one of the things I have with John Gillies is that um you know, every time he's trying to make a save, it looks like he's trying to cover his face because he's scared out there. Like one time when the Vancouver Canucks were on a partial breakaway and this resulted in a Canucks goal, I was just like, you know, you don't cover your face. Don't look like a deer in headlights. And I maybe I can't see his facial expressions, um, you know, uh, because, you know, he he's wearing a mask. But at the same time, it's just like I can tell it from his body language that he's stiff, that he doesn't look confident in himself. So, uh, I don't know what's going to happen with John Gillies come the end of the year, but I don't anticipate him being back in a Devils uniform. But that's for an episode for another time. And now here's the thing that the Devils have to do. They have to play the Calgary Flames today when this episode goes live. So it's just like we don't really have much time to rest. So we got to figure things out right now. So in terms of starring goalie for that game, it's just like do you put back in Nico Dawes after he just had a bad ending against the Vancouver Canucks? Or do you roll the dice on John Gillies? It looks like the most obvious answer is going to be John Gillies because Nico Dawes didn't have a good outing against the Canucks. And unfortunately, here's the issue I have with Lindy Ruff. Look, I know we have to rely on Nico Dawes for as long as we can, but you should have saved Nico Dawes for a game against the Calgary Flames because who would you rather have in net? Would you rather have Nico Dawes or John Gillies when you have to play the Calgary Flames? And the no-brainer is when you have to play a good team like the Calgary Flames who have been red hot in the NHL and they've made a few moves that made their team better, it, the, the no-duh answer is you got to put in Nico Dawes for that game. You got to put in your best goalie when you're you're going up against the best team in the Pacific Division right now. So that doesn't really make much sense because we're playing a mid-tier team like the Vancouver Canucks and we have a 12-game win streak against them. Why don't you put in John Gillies and let him get his reps and then you rest Nico Dawes and you put him in against the Calgary Flames. Now, if this wasn't a back-to-back, different story. Like if we had a two-day rest period, then like I said, then you put in Nico Dawes for both of those games and you just wait until Nico Dawes has that bad outing and then uh, you're able to just uh, go from there. But for right now, for back-to-back, if you're Lindy Ruff, you have to plan that out a little bit better based on my perspective. So it's just like put in Nico Dawes against the Calgary Flames because that is by far the better uh, team out in the Pacific. And then 
you uh, put John Gillies in for the mid-tier team against the Vancouver Canucks, a team that we've had success before in recent years. So that's just my mindset right there. And that's the questionable move that I had for Lindy Ruff in terms of assigning the goalies because I was worried this was going to happen. I was worried that the Devils were going to possibly lose to the Vancouver Canucks. Nico Dawes wasn't going to have a good game because like I told you guys, I was knocking on wood. I was anticipating for him to have a bad outing sooner rather than later. And now he has that bad outing. He had to be subbed out for uh, John Gillies. And usually when you're subbed out uh, for a player, usually uh, that player that uh, subbed in for you is going to get the nod at starter for the next game. So that's my overall issue for Lindy Ruff right now. You should have just saved Nico Dawes for the Calgary Flames game. Even if we don't beat the the Vancouver Canucks, I can sleep well at night knowing that it's not going to be John Gillies in that against the Calgary Flames because I'll put all the money on the world for Nico Dawes to have a much better outing against uh, the Calgary Flames. And speaking of bet, it's time for the first live read this morning, and it comes from our friends at betonline.net. So it's that time of year again as college basketball's tournament is finally upon us. From all the latest odds, contests, and player props, betonline.net is the number one source for all your sports betting needs and info. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action, bet online where the game starts. And now, the second live read this morning comes from our friends at Built Bar. So this is the time of year I pretty much have given up on all my New Year's resolutions, but not this year. I'm sticking to my resolution to eat right thanks to Built Bar. It's almost, it feels as though it's not a resolution because I actually enjoy eating them. Have you ever tried the puffs? If you haven't, you're missing out on one of Built Bar's best tasting protein bars. Puffs are the first ever protein infused marshmallow. They're fluffy, they're marshmallowy. They're not just a protein bar, they're a treat, and they're covered in 100% real chocolate. Puffs are a fan favorite with some b- incredible flavors. Yummy, cinnamon, churro, coconut, marshmallow, banana cream pie. So good. These are going to be your new favorite flavors. All Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. Yes, Puffs included. 100% real chocolate. But here's the thing. They're super healthy, low calorie, high protein. Replace your candy bars with these. They are better. A typical candy bar can be anywhere from two to 300 calories. So uh, with Built Bar, you get 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar. Once again, 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. Built Bar has amazing flavors from mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond, and new this month, white chocolate, cookies, and cream. They are all delicious. And if there's a flavor out there that you think uh, would be good, Built Bar is going to make it, and it's going to be great. I don't know how they do it, but somehow, some way, they find a way. So the offer is go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. Again, use promo code LOCKED15 for 50% off at built.com. Okay, so when talking about the Vancouver Canucks, uh, remember guys, the trade deadline is less than a week away and the New Jersey Devils have been linked to a couple players on the Vancouver Canucks, particularly with Connor Garland and Brock Besser. If you guys recall in the last episode, I brought in Matthew Zader, Uh, He writes for the uh, hockey writers covering the Canucks. He's a credentialed writer. So he's around the team, uh, you know, more frequently than others. And uh, we were just basically talking about uh, trade situations that could potentially happen between the Canucks and the Devils. And the the problem is, is that, you know, you got the Vancouver Canucks just uh, upping the trade value on some of their players. Because if you guys recall, uh, one of the things that Matthew said in the last episode, he said that, uh, JT Miller is, uh, you know, available to be traded for. Now, the Devils are not linked to Miller, but Miller was able to have a good outing this game, and that ups his trade value. Now, Pavel Zaka got hurt in this game. He played less than a minute, and he uh, instantly had to go to the locker room, and then it was later reported in the game that he would not be returning, and that's not going to help his trade value, especially playing against the Vancouver Canucks, which could potentially be his new home. And in general, that's not going to help his uh, his trade stock. So uh, the Vancouver Canucks 
can see this and just say, yeah, I think we're going to pass on Pavel Zaka and we're going to pass on any players on, on your organization because they're just not going to be a good fit for us. Another player that Matthew talked about was Ty Smith. Ty Smith didn't really do anything in this game. He had a plus minus a negative one. But then again, I'm not really going to blame anything on Ty Smith just because the overall the, the team didn't really have a good outing. With the exception of uh, Ryan Graves, none of our defensemen really stepped up, including Dougie Hamilton. So the problem I'm having with the Devils this time around against Vancouver Canucks, especially losing that badly, you're not doing yourself any favors when your players put up that piss poor of an effort against a team that you're trying to, you know, uh, negotiate with and a team that you're trying to get a couple players and you know you're trying to get Brock Besser you're trying to maybe get Connor Garland obviously we've talked about uh, Quinn Hughes that's not going to happen we've talked about Demko certainly not going to happen but still still fun to talk about but digressing a little bit uh, this was just not a good outing for the New Jersey Devils and this does not help their overall trade value so one of the things that the Devils need to do if they're serious about trading Pavel Zaka is that they better hope and pray that Pavel Zaka is not out for an extended period of time. The fact that he did not return to this game, I just really hope that's not a sign for bad things to come because no one is going to want to take a chance on Pavel Zaka, uh, someone who whose production is not all that good and someone who's going to be injured. No one is going to take a chance on that. And uh, we don't really have that many uh, assets to trade away, if you guys know what I'm saying. So obviously we got Andreas Janssen. We got Jimmy VC. We got uh, PK Subban. We got Pavel Zaka. He seems like to be the big one. We got Damon Severson. But at the same time, when when your team is not putting up that good of an effort, that's not going to do you any favors come to trade deadline. Now, I'm sure the players on the Devils roster couldn't care less because no one really wants to be traded. But I'm sure the front office wants to trade some of those players. So it's just like uh, I'm not going to say the players need to play better just because uh, I'm sure none of them want to get traded. I don't think anyone uh, has demanded a trade from the Devils organization, but at the end of the day, I'm sure the front office can't be happy with the overall effort they put up against Vancouver Canucks, who is a big trade suitor for the New Jersey Devils. So, you know, there's my little tangent. There's my little rant for right now. So uh, let's talk about another subject. Let's talk about the overall offensive execution for the New Jersey Devils. Now, the one thing I could say about the Devils and their more recent game appearances is that even when they lose a game, it's not that bad of a loss. So in their previous matchup against the Anaheim Ducks, they were able to win two to one in a shootout. Now, if the Devils were to hypothetically lose that game, I'm sure a lot of people would have preferred to have the two points and we walked away with the two points. But if we were to lose in the shootout, if we were to lose an OT, I would have been satisfied with the overall effort because it was just a dogfight out there and it just looked like neither team was going to take an inch, neither team was going to give an inch. So that that's just one of those games that if the Devils were to lose to Anaheim Ducks 2-1, to one, if the score was flipped around, then you just got to tip your cap to the Anaheim Ducks. And then the same can be said when they lost against the Winnipeg Jets just a, a few days ago when they uh, lost to them 2-1. to one. You know, what, what was the one thing I said? I said the Devils actually put up a pretty decent fight. Unfortunately, Comrie was just on one. Looks like he was out for revenge. He wanted uh, revenge on the New Jersey Devils for releasing him. So he was just trying to make a statement victory against the Devils. And you got to tip your cap to him because he put out a pretty decent effort. And then we were able to beat the best team in the NHL, the Colorado Avalanche, 5-3. to three, And we made them blow, blow what? Like a, a 3 nothing lead. So there's really nothing you could complain in that overall aspect. Now, when we're looking at the Vancouver Canucks game, uh, the Devils were able to score three goals and, uh, you know, they were able to get some production from some of 
of their big time players, including Jack Hughes. He was able to get a goal this game on an assist from who else? Jesper Brat. And then you look at uh, Sharon Govich. He was able to get a couple assists this game. So you love the overall impact of what Sharon Govich has been able to do the last few games. So the one thing I always try to do is I try to look at the positive aspect, even if we lose a game. So this game was by far an ugly game uh, as far as I can remember in their more recent game appearances because like I told you guys I, I just I just repeated some of their uh, last few game scores and when we're looking at the Anaheim Ducks we won two to one when we're looking at the Winnipeg Jets we lost two to one Colorado Avalanche we beat them five to three uh, St. Louis Blues we beat them in OT three to two and then uh, then you look back at the Rangers we lost three to one then the Blue Jackets four to three and then Devils were able to beat the Canucks uh, back in February seven to two and then Blackhawks eight to five so the Devils are still one of the more uh, red-hot offensive teams. Despite losing 6-3, they were able to get some solid production on the offensive side of things. Ryan Graves was able to get a goal thanks to a great assist from uh, Sharon Govich. And then Nathan Bastian, a uh, great effort as well. And here's another thing that I want to talk about. And I have a question for Lindy Ruff. At one point during the game, Mikey McLeod and Nathan Bastian, their respective line, was getting more reps out there than usual. And I don't really understand that mentality. Now, albeit, uh, you know, uh, some the Stars were able to get their reps. So Jack Hughes uh, was able to get 20 minutes on the rink. Jesper Brown was able to get 21. Dougie Hamilton got 23, and that led to team. But my overall question was, I, I, I don't understand why Lindy Ruff was rolling with Mikey McLeod's line for so long. It, it didn't really make much sense. I know the Vancouver Canucks are a mid-tier team, but just... I don't know that that uh, long of a rep out there on the on the rink just didn't really make much sense to me. But uh, maybe he was just trying to give the stars a rest and just trying to um, uh, make them uh, just take it easy. Because, like I said, we're going to be playing a back to back. We're going to be playing the second night of a back to back against the Calgary Flames. So I guess he just wanted to just save the stars energy and just not expend them so much in this respective game. But um, yeah, I was a little confused in that regards, but that's my uh, opinion. I just think that he was just trying to not overwork the starters so that way uh, our star players are still ready to go against the uh, Calgary Flames because we're going to need all hands on deck for that matchup and not having Siegenthaler, that's going to that's gonna hurt us a little bit. But overall, uh, the offensive uh, execution was kind of there for the New Jersey Devils. They were able to creep back in. At one point, they were trailing by just a single goal uh, going into the third period. They were down 4-3. to three. Jack Hughes was able to tie it two to two and then unfortunately in, in period number three and thanks to John Gillies not able to do us any favors in net the Vancouver Canucks were able to uh, strike within the first 90 seconds of period number three and then they got the uh, the dagger goal that put them up six to three and basically it was over by then the Devils did, they didn't amount to come back they didn't score for the rest of the game so uh, ultimately the offense was there when it needed to be but uh, in terms of just trying to tie it back up in period number three and, and potentially uh, close it out. Just wasn't there, but I'm not really going to blame the offense in that regard. Special teams was uh, terrible because we got three power play opportunities. At one point, we had a four-minute power play, and somehow, someway, we were able to still give up a shorthanded goal. That that That's unacceptable. That cannot happen. That kind of pissed me off. I'm not going to lie. So the overall effort from the New Jersey Devils in some aspects was there, and uh, in other uh, ways, it wasn't. So uh, just not a good outing against the Vancouver Canucks. In my opinion, I think they just slept on the overall effort that uh, Vancouver could potentially bring. But 
you know, it, it's just one of those games where um, you, you just got to take it with a grain of salt, and hopefully we can just put up a better uh, outing against the Calgary Flames. But if John Gillies is a net, I'm a little worried. So we'll see what happens, but uh, luckily we'll, we'll find out in a few hours. So uh, before we continue, I want to give you guys the third and final live read this morning. comes from a new sponsor, Athletic Greens. So what is Athletic Greens, you might be asking? Well, it's a product that I use literally every day. I started taking Athletic Greens because... Uh, you know, I want my body to be a little healthier. I just want to treat it more like a temple. I just need to give myself some energy and it just gives me all that uh, vitamins that I need to start off the day. So what is this stuff? Well, with one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and aptogens to help start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging, all things. So if you're worried about getting old or if you're worried about the overall process of you not expending enough energy or if you just need something to make your body just a healthier, happier uh, living being, then you need to take Athletic Greens. So uh, why do I take it? Well, like I said, I just want to be healthier. I just want to be happier. I use a lot of energy throughout the course of a day. I got broadcasting. I got writing jobs. I got this podcast. So at the end of the day, I just need a lot of energy just to get me through the day. And on top of that, I'm also a full-time student. So uh, it's a lifestyle friendly, whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free or gluten-free, contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals or artificial anything. While still tasting good, supports better sleep quality and recovery supports mental clarity and alertness. It's one of those things with the best things. Uh, FI Greens uses the best of best products based on the latest science with constant product iterations and third-party testing. So uh, right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially heading into the cold and flu season. So it's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Okay, so like I do every post-game analysis, let's look at the overall final statistics. I'll give you guys my final thoughts on the game, and then I'll give the Devils a letter grade for their overall performance. So shots on goal differential, 35-31 to 31 in favor of the Devils. So one of the things I advise the Devils to do is just keep shooting the puck, and good things will happen. Uh, at one point, they were down by a single goal. I keep telling you guys a two-goal lead is always the worst lead in hockey. Unfortunately, the Devils weren't able to make that prophecy come true. Face-off percentage, 53% to 47% in favor of the Canucks. Power play, the Canucks were 0 for 1, but they got a shorthanded goal. Devils were 0 for 3 in their power play. Hits, 25 to 16 in favor of the Canucks. Blocks, 14 apiece, dead even between the Devils and the Canucks. And giveaways, the Canucks led in that department 9 to 4. So, when looking at this overall game for the New Jersey Devils, I just, like, I don't want to put the whole burden on Nico Dahl's shoulders. Like I said, wasn't a good outing for him, but... Uh, I was anticipating it to happen sooner rather than later just because we've been relying on him so much. Fatigue plays a factor, and we're missing one of our more consistent defensemen. I believe the injury to Dougie Hamilton has kind of set him back a little bit. Like, you know, Dougie Hamilton has had his moments, but I just expect a little bit more from him. Jack Hughes and Jesper Brock continue to impress. One thing I always say on the show, uh, there are three guarantees in life, death, taxes, 
and Jack Hughes or Jesper Brock getting a point and making sure that the New Jersey Devils do not get shut out in a game. So uh, overall, I think the offensive uh, the offensive execution was there for the Devils at, at parts, and then the defense was just you know lackadaisical. And the special teams kind of failed us. Goaltending kind of failed us. So I'm going to give the New Jersey Devils a C- for this overall effort. Because, like I said, some parts went well for the New Jersey Devils. They got to a slow start. And I'm not trying to put all the blame on Nico Dawes just based on the whole narrative that I, that I told you guys, saying that we're relying on him a lot. He's been playing in a lot of games. He had no intention of being the starting goalie, but here we are, and it was bound to happen that he was going to have a bad game. So I'm going to give the New Jersey Devils a C-. I'll cut him a break this time around, but hopefully they put up a better outing against the Calgary Flames. So that's my overall thoughts on the game. So let me know what you guys think. What did you think about the overall effort from the New Jersey Devils? Do you expect better from Nico Dawes, who will be the starting goalie uh, against the Calgary Flames? I'm curious to hear your guys' thoughts, so hit me up on my personal Twitter page, at TreyMatt4. Also hit up the show's Twitter page, at LockedOnDevils, and leave a comment down below if you are listening to this on YouTube. As for today's episode, that's all the time I have for you guys today, so continue to stay safe. Have a wonderful day, New Jersey. Thanks for listening, and go Devils. And I will catch you guys in the next episode. Thanks for listening once again.